Joining us now to talk about the propositions and a bit more is our good pal, R.V. Scheid of the Sacramento News and Review. R.V. is the news editor and senior staff writer at that esteemed uh, publication, and we're pleased to have him back. Welcome back, R.V. Hey, Doug. It's a pleasure to be here. Shall we uh, talk about uh, what's going to happen here on Election Day next Tuesday, or at least what the News and Review and you personally think people ought to do? Well, <laughs> sure. It's, uh, I mean, the main thing that uh, people on the Republican side could do is uh, it's not too late to join the winning side. Um, it's going <laughs> to be a massacre, a landslide, unprecedented proportions. The Democrats are going to sail into Congress on Obama and Biden's coattails, and then maybe we can talk about changing this whole thing around. Well, I hope we have many conversations about changing the, the, the course of this country in the, in the weeks and months to come. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, actually, let's talk, just, let's do a quick lightning round here of some, some local politicians that, that, uh, that the News and Review is endorsing. I see you're sure. behind Bill Durston in District 3 and Charlie Brown in District 4. Right. Uh, now, if uh, listeners have been checking out Dan Lundgren's uh, commercials uh, in the District 3 contest against Bill Durston, uh, they'll see Lundgren, you know, bragging about how uh, he's done, you know, all this stuff to stop the housing bubble. Uh, what, what people really ought to pay attention to is uh, who pays Dan Lundgren. And uh, next to the law firms, um, the real estate industry has been the major donor to that guy's uh, congressional career. Um, I think that's something that voters on the fence in the, in the third district ought to consider. All right, and I hope they will. I noticed in the Sacramento mayor's race, uh, you're backing uh, the incumbent. I'm a little surprised at that. Well, um, you know, I don't know where I'm at on that. I can't say that, you know, Sacramento is the city I'd like it to be, so it's kind of hard for me personally to endorse Fargo, um, but I haven't really heard anything from uh, Kevin Johnson that thrills me either. But... I think that we looked at it from an editorial endorsement that uh, Fargo just has a track record of, of working with government. It's been, you know, her career, and <laughs> we're a little bit nervous about Kevin's inexperience. Well, fair enough. You know, I might dislike her because she laughs at my jokes. <laughs> well, it always does score points, doesn't it? Yes. Shall we tackle the propositions, my good friend? Oh, sure. Um, I don't even know where to begin. There's, there's 12 of them, and there... Well, we can go right down the order here. Just to preface the whole thing, a lot of people, because of the state budget difficulties, are saying, oh, we can't do this, we can't do that. And uh, I think that there's a number of propositions that that notion's completely ludicrous. Um, You know, they're trying to use this budget mess that basically rich banksters created to force us into austerity. So don't believe those arguments, because some of the stuff we can't afford not to do. That starts okay. with Proposition 1A, right. the, uh, the light rail thing. High-speed high, high rail all across high California. High-speed rail, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. And, and uh, it's like everybody knows that people will use that if it gets made, and yes. particularly uh, this year with uh, the fuel uh, prices that we've been having. And it just, you know, they need to get off their ass and get this thing going. Whoops, can all right. I say that? Yeah, I think you can. Okay, uh, Proposition 2, that's the, the egg cage thing. Now, our paper endorsed it. Me, personally, um, I've talked to, like, one of the biggest egg guys here uh, in Northern California, and I really don't think this is a very well-written proposition. I don't think that the arguments are very good between the, you know, range chickens and or uncaged chickens and caged chickens and 
uh, unfortunately, the commercials, there's a lot of misinformation being thrown around, and uh, I mean, that's the problem with initi the initiative process sometimes. Right, they do get poorly written uh, at times, but I think that uh, uh, most people you and I know are going to come down pretty strongly yes on that one. I think so, although I haven't seen any uh, state polling. It's, it's, uh, I'll be interested to see how that one does. It's uh, Proposition 3 is the, the public bond for uh, uh, private and public children's hospitals. I think that we probably need to vote for that because of all the other hits that health care is taking, particularly on the, on the, the government side. I, I'm a little, uh, the arguments I saw talked about how this is a boon for hospital administrators. And as a, as a physician, there are a few people I hate more than hospital administrators. So, uh, Well, administrators certainly take uh, um, a lot out of, uh, you know, the, the health care system. It's one of our number one reasons why our system is so expensive. Absolutely. So if that is the case, that's certainly something to look at. I'll, I'll have to be admit I'm not totally up to speed on that one. The News and Review did endorse it, though. Yeah, it sounded good, but I, I let's just say I, I certainly have my doubts. Okay. All right, uh, Prop 4, this is an initiative to uh, require some parental notification, the, the further chipping away at abortion rights in America. Right. Um, you know, I sympathize with parents of uh, children the, that... Uh, or under 16, but the fact of the matter is, if you require parental notification, uh, the kid's going to lose control of his or her life, and it's, uh, you know, we know this stuff doesn't work, so why even do it? It's just another, you know, thing thrown up by the hard right people in, in California. This one's destined to go down to defeat, at least I certainly hope so. Yes, yeah, it's always, you know, sort of knuckle-racking with these kind of social issues that are so emotional. Yeah. That's another reason why they shouldn't be on initiative ballots. Now, five and six are kind of confusing. There's they're sort, of sort of a lot of legalese about how things, how justice is administered. You know what? It's, uh, five is one of the measures that I was speaking about uh, before we started here when I was saying that the main argument that they're trying to give against this is, is that it won't, uh, is that it's too expensive. We can't afford it. And, and then, you know, you got Dianne Feinstein on television in some flaming red dress telling you about all these awful criminals. You know, the fact of the matter is there's a large number of people locked up in prison for nonviolent drug offenses. And this measure goes a, a long ways to the previous proposition uh, that, that established rehabilitation services to, to get those guys out of prison and get them rehabilitated. And All right. That's what we need to do. Okay. What about six? This this one's kind. Of, this one's confusing. Definitely, I I have no on six. This tough on crime stuff needs to go away. It's costing us billions of dollars, and it's not getting any results. Well, that's that's certainly been true across the state. Uh, Proposition seven is an, one of a, one of two energy bills. Uh, this one seems to be opposed by a lot of folks. Yeah, you know, there's some things behind the scenes here on this energy bill that that. Uh, people aren't really talking about because it makes it, it makes both sides look bad and and that's the fact that they're trying to increase the uh, the percentage of renewable energy that has to be used for uh, required by what they call the renewable portfolio standard and and the problem is is that it, it raises the standards to uh, a certain level by uh, 2020 I believe but the standard they already have set for 2010, there's serious doubt about whether they're going to make that. It's a 10%, I believe. And it's so, in a certain sense, the numbers that they're using in the initiative are a little bit unrealistic as far as what can actually be achieved. But, um, you know, the standard argument against it from the utility people is that it's going to make your utility bills go up. And I don't 
know about that, really, if that's true or not. So, I mean, your utility bills are probably going to go up anyway. I would go no on that just because I just think it's a little bit unrealistic, not because I don't agree with the goal. All right. There's probably no more ballot initiative that's more emotional than Proposition 8. Yeah, it's an, this is another one of those, you know, it's like Prop 4. It's like, you know, all these people that claim they're, you know, want to be, want the government out of our lives, seem to want the government in their lives when it comes to their special issues like abortion or gay rights. Proposition 8 is just another one of these divisive issues. Sometimes I just think they put this stuff on the ballot to get the hard right people out to vote for you know, the other candidates. So. Well, I, I'm certain I'm certain that that is one of the goals of these folks, but uh, I do have one one curiosity about Proposition 8, mm-hmm. and that it's being, the no, the no on 8 uh, uh, effort keeps stressing the fact this is taking away constitutional rights, but mm-hmm. these are constitutional rights that date back all of like three months to the action of four judges. Don't you think that this is one of those examples of uh, activist judges uh, which the which the far right loves to uh, to beat the right. drum on, but in this case, I think they do have a point. Well, you know, I would actually would quibble with this whole phrase of activist judges. All judges are activists. That's what they do. They look at law and they interpret it. I wouldn't look at it that matter. I mean, if you look at the way civil rights have been going in the 20th century into this century, they're agreeing that we, you know, that these rights actually do expand. And this is just another misguided attempt to try to stop that. And whether it passes or not, it's it's, it's probably unconstitutional. So it's uh, I yeah I don't uh, I don't really think it's, it has really too much to do with activist judges one way or the other. It's more you know a reflection of the culture. Well, we've had quite an extensive talk about that. If you're listeners to our discussion with Stephen Valentino back on our archives, where we we talked about this at some length. I see. Proposition 9, um, victims' rights uh, measure, uh, apparently put on the ballot by one, one fellow who was uh, the family member of a, of a crime victim. Yeah, it's, again, it's uh, another emotionally charged issue. Um, I just would really prefer to see the legislature do its job and deal with stuff like this and straighten out the system instead of you know, putting emotionally charged initiatives on the ballot that you know, nobody really knows what they're voting for. Yeah, this is another, you know, vote no on nine. It's, you know, this whole law and order that's out of control. Yeah, my understanding on that one, too, that almost everything on it is actually a matter of law already. It, pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it seeks to increase penalties, which, you know, it, it, we're already, you know, comp- double our prison capacity because of, you know, the draconian punishments they're handing out now. Well, the next one, the next proposition, Proposition 10, appears to be... Uh, a bill that will, uh, a prop that will benefit one man, T. Boone Pickens, above everybody else, the Texas oil tycoon, uh, perhaps most famous, rec- most recently for reneging on his vow to pay a million dollars to anyone who proves that the Swift Boat Veterans for Truth were wrong about John Kerry, an offer he, of course, you know, just uh, right w- withdrew from. So, yeah. not not a real nice fella, and he's the guy that seems to benefit from Prop Ten if it were to pass. For that reason alone, I would vote no on it, but with a caveat. Um you know, the voters, uh, particularly in the future, need to uh, pay real strong attention to what's going on with natural gas. Uh, California depends on 40% of its energy for natural gas. And uh, just like uh, petroleum, uh, that stuff is declining too, uh, it, particularly domestically. And, and that's probably what this is trying to, to address, 
Although, you know, who's going to make, like you said, it's going to be T. Boone Pickens. I mean, obviously, people want to get in the business of supplying us gas. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a no, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's another giveaway. I had I heard from Lenny Goldberg, who wrote one of the... Uh the uh, the ballot rebuttals on that, right. and he makes an excellent case for why one should vote no. It's getting a bit ridiculous, bailouts for rich people. That's what this one is. Absolutely. Proposition 11 is uh, is one that uh, this is the fifth effort to get some, some reform in the matter of the gerrymandering that takes place by the legislature drawing their own district lines. Now, I'm not going to claim that I'm up to speed on this, all right? <laughs> but the, our paper endorsed it. I really struggling to imagine how the hell they're going to draw these districts to make it come out any different than it already is. RV, at some point you and I can sit down, with, uh, sit down and look visually, which we can't do very well on radio, at how right. the, at the screwball way they've drawn some of these lines, it is, it is ridiculous gerrymandering. I do agree with that, I mean, to a certain extent, but also if you just look at California ge- geographically without the lines, you know, you got... You know, it starts dark blue on the coast, and it gets lighter, and then turns pink, and then red as you move inland. And I don't see how you're going to gerrymander that out. People do wonder how they're going to do it, but I, it's hard for me to imagine how they could possibly do it worse than they do now. <laughs> I think that has much more to do with the two-thirds vote in, for passing taxes than anything. That's my opinion. It's, I don't see how you're going to make this work just by redrawing the lines. All right, well, we're 11 down, one to go. The last one's kind of a, an easy one, I think, Proposition 11. No one's even opposing this one, a bond to help veterans buy homes. Oh, absolutely. I'm a veteran, so it's uh, anything we can do to help people that were brave enough to serve our country in peace or wartime, uh, then they deserve something for doing that. Fair enough. Let's go through it then. Uh, that's according to the Sacramento News and Review. You should vote yes on 1A, 2, 3, 5, and 11. Everything else... Vote no. That's that's per the per the news and review. All right. Yeah. Well, RV, thanks for your input. Uh, we value the news and reviews opinion, and I think this will give uh, the listeners some <laughs> lightning round guidance here on well, election. Well, yeah, Eve. and I had one thing too, just to add that uh, you know after the Democrats win this landslide, it's going to be up to you know all Democrats, all progressives to, to hold the administration's feet to the fire and uh, to, to make sure that they take care of the people of America first before the banksters. Amen, brother. All right. All right, Ivy, thanks again. We'll be, hey, talking, thanks. we'll be talking after the election, hopefully, in some happier times. Bye. Anyway, that was R.V. Scheid, editor of the Sacramento News and Review. He's been on before. He'll be on again. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. Our thanks to Bill Durston, who we wish well on Election Day, and our old pal Will Durst, and, of course, thanks again to R.V. Scheid. We'll see you next week on our post-election show with some wrap-ups and hopefully the beginning of maybe a two-part talk with Freeman Dyson.